so we're taking a break from Romans tonight. We will be back in Romans next week. Uh, we're going to be doing a story, uh, and some of you were here this morning. And if you were here this morning for the story in Daniel, you're going to hear it again. But there's much more to do, and it's actually almost we get more out of it with a smaller group. But I wanted to say this about Romans. In preparation for Romans chapter 6 next week, there's three words, three key words. Uh, I want you to go home and study through Romans chapter 6. Okay? The first word is no. Okay? The second word is reckon. And the third word is present. Okay? That's kind of the three key words of Romans chapter 6. Go home this week. Meditate on that chapter uh, and really uh, learn it because the more, the more you're reading Romans, the more it's going to bless you. And we will get back to it next week with the, those three key words. Again, that was know, reckon, and present. And so those are kind of the key words for chapter 6. All right. With that said, let's uh, get into tonight's study. Uh, before our story begins in God's Word uh, this evening... There's something I want you to know about what's been happening prior. Uh, we're, uh, Daniel is, has been taken captive into Babylon, and the Babylonian Empire has now fallen to Persia. Persia has taken it over, and King Darius has recognized this excellent spirit in Daniel. Daniel's now about 80 years old, or somewhere in his 80s probably, and uh, Darius has put Daniel as one of his one of three governors over the entire region. But because Daniel has such an excellent spirit about him, Darius is consider make, considered making Daniel in charge of all of his governors and leaders. Uh, but the others hear about this. And so they decide that they need to get rid of Daniel, and they begin to conspire against Daniel. But they realize that they can't find any fault in the man. The only thing they can find in him is his, his devotion to his God. So they go and convince the king, King Darius, to make a law that for 30 days, no one is allowed to pray to any God but the king. Um, and if they do pray to any God other than the king, they're going to be thrown in to the den of lions, basically put to death. And so, that, uh, so the king signs it and then realized what he had done. Uh, because Daniel, upon hearing this, he goes back to his home, opens up the doors, and prays just like he has all of his life in Babylon three times a day. Okay, and that's where our story is going to pick up from God's Word. So let's pray, and then we will get into God's Word. Lord, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for your goodness. And now, Lord, as we learn this, this passage of Scripture this evening, we pray that we might uh, learn some deep truths about you about your character, about what it means to have faith. Lord, reveal yourself to us tonight. We thank you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, this is our story from God's Word. So, the king gave the command. And Daniel was brought and cast in to the den of lions. But the king said, Your God whom you continually serve, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid over the opening of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring. 
along with the Lord's, the signets of his Lord's, that the purpose concerning Daniel may not be changed. So now the king went back to his palace and spent the night fasting. And no musicians were brought before him. Also, he was sleepless. The next morning he arose very early and in haste went to the den of lions. And when he arrived at the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king said, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to save you from the lions? And Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel to shut the mouths of the lions. So they did not hurt me. Because I was found innocent before him. And know, O king, that I have done no wrong before you. The king was exceedingly glad for Daniel. And commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den. And no injury whatsoever was found on him. Because he believed in his God. Did you like that story? Yes, thank you. I, lo- I love that story. In fact, some of you heard it this morning and you're hearing it again, uh, which I'm glad you're here back to help us learn some good truths from it. But I wonder if you like that story, I'm wondering if we could get a volunteer to tell back as much as they can remember the story. Now, I'll get you started. I'll get you started with, uh, so, the king, now, so the king gave the command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Anybody can tell me back whatever you can remember the story? We just want to get whatever you can remember. Are you going to do it? All right. Yeah, so the king gave the command and Daniel was cast. And they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions.
sealed this, the mouths of the lions, so I am not touched by the lions. And so the king said, now that we're going to take the door off and Daniel will be uh, out or brought out. And uh, Daniel, I uh, praised God again, <laughs> um, saying that I, I have no scar, nothing touched me. And um, I, like, I will continue to worship the Lord. <laughs> well, good job. Uh, I like the fact that you got that the king used his signet ring and the signet rings of his lords. You got that detail. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to tell it to you one more time just so we can make sure we have it accurate so we can start having discussion about, about the word of God and see what we can learn. So uh, this time, though, you're going to help me tell it. So I'll leave some blanks and you guys can help me fill them in. And we'll learn the story really well. So uh, the story starts out with, uh, so the king gave the command. And what happened? They, they brought Daniel and they did what with him? They cast him into the den of lions. But the king said to Daniel, anybody remember what the king said to Daniel? Said, what's that? Yeah, the God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Good memory. And a stone was brought and laid over the opening of the den. And then the king did what? The king sealed it with his own signet ring and the signets of his lords. So that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now, the king went back to his palace and threw a party, living it up. Party like that. What? Who said that? That's not what happened? Oh, wait. The king went back to his palace, and what happened? He spent that night fasting. And what? And no musicians were brought to him. And also, what else? Also, he was sleepless. But he rose, uh, the, king, the next morning the king arose very early. And what did he do? He, he went in haste to the den of lions. And when he arrived at the den of lions, he, he cried out with a what? Yeah, so you guys got that. With a lamenting voice. And, and does anybody remember what he, sa- he, what he cried out? He said to Daniel, Oh, yeah, Daniel, servant of the living God. Yeah, good job. Uh, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, delivered you from the lions? Anybody remember what happened next? Daniel answered. I heard it back there. Oh, king, live forever. My God has sent his to shut the lion's mouths so that they did not hurt me. Because 
Because what? Why? Do you remember? Because I was... Because I was found innocent before him. And then he said something else to the king. But know, O king, that I have done no wrong before you. Yeah. Then the king was exceedingly glad. And what did the king command? The king commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. And when they took Daniel up out of the den, does anybody remember? Yeah, there, he had no injury whatsoever. And there's one last because in our story. Because Daniel what? Daniel believed in his God. All right, great job, everyone. You, that was a good job. Give yourselves a clap. I think it's important. Uh, when was the last time you guys learned this much scripture in one sitting? Okay, you're doing great. Great. Good job on this. Now, uh, the, the first part of our story, I, 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 well, actually, I have a question for you. Have any of you ever experienced being worried before in your life? Has anybody ever been worried? Uh, a couple of us have been. Okay. Yeah. So uh, there's a few of us that have been worried before in our lives. Uh, I think we can all identify with that. What, I, I wonder what it might have been like to be Daniel cast into a den of lions. What, do you, what all do you think Daniel might have been feeling at this point in time? Total peace and calm. Maybe some, maybe some fear. Some people say fear. Some people say peace. Hmm. I wonder. Yeah. Yes. I think the situation was so ridiculous, and yeah, with everything he's been through in his life, and he was like, you know what, Lord. Okay. He was just. Daniel has been walking with the Lord enough that he was like, "Hey, I'm already. <laughs> it's, I'm not even worried about this." Okay. Yeah. Maybe. What about the king? Do you think the king was worried in our story? You know what? Let's go ahead and explore that. Let's just dive right into the story because I think there's so much we can learn. Uh, The beginning part of our story says, so the king gave the command. And Daniel was, uh, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king said to Daniel, your God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then they brought a stone and laid it over the opening of the cave, of the den, sorry. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring along with the signets of his lords so that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Then... The king went, returned to, went to his palace and spent the night fasting. And no musicians were brought to him. Also, he was sleepless. And he arose very early the next morning and, and in haste went to the den of lions. Let me stop there for a minute. Let's just start have, talking and see what we can learn about the people in our story. Uh, 
from the very first part of this story, what can we learn about the king? He feared the Lord? He, he may not have worshipped him, but he, he knew his power and he feared him. Why do you say that? Because he, well, he told him at the beginning that, he, that the Lord would save him and that he, could, uh, he fasted and he didn't, he didn't sleep that night. So he, he knew that what he was doing was going to be judged. Anybody else? What can we learn about the king from the very beginning of the story? So you thought he was what? Uh, not very good. <laughs> thought he was not very good. Okay, and you were about to say that he likes Daniel. That he liked Daniel. Yeah, we can certainly see that he he likes Daniel, right? And wh- why do you say he likes Daniel? Well, he was concerned for him. I mean, he was bound by his own by his own rules, but he was very concerned over the safety of his friend, trying to console him as he, even as he's throwing him in with the lions. Don't worry, God's got. That's, that's a great observation right there. So, so you brought out the idea that he was concerned for Daniel. He's worried for Daniel. He's trying to encourage Daniel. But you, you brought out this observation. You said that he said, uh, Daniel, uh, he said to Daniel, your God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. But then he went back to his palace and worried. That's interesting. But he still had a measure of faith? Okay. Yeah. I see that, like... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, like, he knows Daniel's God has the power to save him, but doesn't know if he will. He knows Daniel's God has the power to save, but he's... He's there because he's telling Daniel, like, your God will save you. But then he goes home and he's like, well, will he? (laughs) (laughs) We've never been in that situation, right? Where we're like, no, God's got this. Does he? I don't know. Right? I mean, how, how often does that fear keep us from, from, from faith? Right? In time? You were going to say. I was just thinking that uh, the king seems like he can't really stand on his own. The two lords bullied him basically into doing, signing, you know, the law that he maybe didn't want to sign. Yes. And then after he thought about it, looks like he didn't think about it. So he doesn't, he's not strong in his will. So maybe that's where he's not strong in faith either. Oh, so do you think that this trial of Daniel's is actually for the king? Is that what you're saying? It might be that it's trying to strengthen his beliefs mm. because he doesn't have one to stand on his own yet. Do we see some growth in the king? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting that God would have a righteous man suffer to reveal himself to others. That's an interesting idea. Anything else we can learn about the king in the first part of our story? Although he had faith in what God could do, he knew Daniel was in a place that was, I mean, the hungry lions were down there. He knew that, so he was looking. 
So uh, Sue said that although he knew that God could save Daniel, his focus was on the lion, which is understandable, right? I mean, there's a reality here of lions. Oh, that's, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, it's possible that the king even thought that the blessing that he's getting from Daniel, he would lose, or even that maybe God's going to judge the king for this. Yeah. So it says, yeah, the story says that he sealed it with his own signet ring and the signets of his lords that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Let me ask you a question. What is the purpose concerning Daniel that he doesn't want changed? Okay, you're answering that like someone who's read the end of the story. <laughs> but before we get there, I, 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 I see where you're going with that. And I, actually, I want to dig deeper on what you're saying because I think there's a, a really incredible uh, truth there. But what is the purpose for Daniel being thrown into the pit, the den of lions? What's that? To die. To be eaten by the lions. That's the human, that, that, okay, (laughs) this is what I was going with here. You just said something, that's the human purpose. Uh, So this kind of goes back to what you were saying about purpose. Um, I don't know if we can add anything about that. Human purpose. Human purpose is that Daniel would die. That no human was allowed to change that purpose, right? Concerning Daniel. Maybe we'll just hold on to that idea for as we continue on through the story. But let's not, let's not forget that because those are really good observations. Well, it says that the king went back to his palace that night, spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought to him. Also, he was sleepless. And he arose very early the next morning and in haste went to the den. And when he arrived at the, and went to, went to the den of lions, and when he arrived at the den... Uh, we, we heard that he cried out in a lamenting voice to Daniel. What is a lamenting voice? Sorrow. Sorrow? Pain. What's that? Pain. Pain? Yeah. Certainly this emphasizes his concern for Daniel and his sorrow that Daniel was cast into the den. He cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. And he said, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lion's? What does the king tell us about Daniel's God? 
He's living? What's that? He wants to believe. He, he wants to believe? Yeah, the Oh, why do you say that? Because he was grieving. He was grieving? When he was lamenting. Okay. And I think he was grieving over the fact that he had signed this decree. And he didn't really want to do it, but he was forced to do it by what he had signed and what he had stated originally. And then when this man, this gentleman talked about the human cost to die. And he wanted to believe in Daniel's God. So he says, servant of the living God. Let me ask you a question. What does it mean, living God? It's not a statue. He, he's not a statue. That's, yeah, that's a, a good observation. There's a difference between a statue and a living person. What else? A God who actually affects humanity's existence. You can see his effects in real time. Uh, he's, he's not like the statues that never do anything. Okay. Yeah, he, he has an effect. He has an effect? Right. What else about a living God? What does it mean to be a living God? Is it a God who can give life? Oh, a God who can give life and take life. Certainly we know God can do that. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with that all as well. But he knows Christ, the living God. Sorry? But he knows Christ. Christ is the living God? Yeah. Uh, God is also very active, which is the meaning of a living God. Like he's not just a pretense for whatever's written before, but he's still active. Yeah. God is an active God, not a passive God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, And it's interesting that he says, Daniel, servant of the living God, whom you serve continually. Could the king have said something else? What what other things could the king have said there? What's that? Daniel, servant of our God? Okay. What else? Daniel, are you alive? Well, there you go. Daniel, are you alive? Yeah, just have to give him the description of what Daniel actually is. I mean, uh-huh. you must see him in the, that form to call Daniel with that kind of title, like leaning with the Lord. Okay. Yeah. I think just the fact that he's king, that he ran there to personally witness this, he could have easily had a servant. Okay. Yeah, he's very concerned. Yeah, Daniel, servant of the living God. Yeah, what else could he have said? It's kind of an implicit comparison with his own God as a Persian king. He would have had his own gods to, to worship. And so by calling Daniel's God the living God, that's kind of an implicit way of saying, my gods aren't living. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a contrast there. Like, like it's kind of embarrassing that I don't know his gods aren't living. Yeah, Daniel's servant of the living God. I don't hear like um, him mocking Daniel. 
Oh, he's not mocking Daniel, yeah. He could have said, like, what about your God now or something, kind of mocking his belief. Okay. I think he's almost there to prove to himself that God is a living God by making sure Daniel survived this with God on his side. Like, he's going there with complete hope and maybe even trust that the Lord delivered him, and he wanted to see that that's why he was there so early, but giving that so much precedence, like, why, why is, you know, can Daniel be alive after all this? I want mm. God to show this and be the living God, like, he yeah. just wants it. Now, uh, whose servant is Daniel? Sorry, somebody said something. Wait. Oh, okay. You guys were starting to confuse me. I'm hearing two different servants. Servant of God and the servant of the king. So could he have shown up and said, how is my servant doing this morning? What? Yeah, but Daniel's actions got him in the den because he's the servant of the Lord. Because Daniel chose to serve his God and pray versus serve the law of the king. Yeah. Well, sorry, what was that? Daniel put God first and is his number one priority. Yeah, and we're going to see that right at the very end of the story. Yeah. It, was your God, whom you serve continually, able to deliver you from the lions? Well, in the second part of our story, <laughs> Daniel answers the king and says, Oh, king, live forever. I'm okay. No, but he says, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths so that they did not hurt me. And then he said, because I was found innocent before him. And know, O king, that I have done no wrong before you. So this is the first part of our story where Daniel speaks. And is there anything we can learn from Daniel of, about what he shares to the king? Yeah. That there is a higher authority than the king. That the king does not reign, reign supreme. Why, why do you say that? Because he says, you know, he does not basically answer to the king. He answers to a higher authority. And there is a will greater than yours. And he has proven so by, by the lion um, not having his mouth shut and that the Lord has protected him. And he has shown that, that his, his king, the king of all kings, is, is mightier than him in his mm. That's good. Yeah. He did it by, first of all, just breaking the law that the king made um, and still continue. He wasn't supposed to worship the Lord and he still did three times a day still worship the Lord no matter what the consequence was. So okay. he still kept faith with the Lord knowing that I'm worshiping you and the consequence won't matter because I'm worshiping you. So. Okay. God glorifies himself. God glorifies himself through Daniel. Yeah. Well, that actually goes back to our observation earlier 
where you shared about the purpose. We've talked about the purpose of man versus the purpose of God. What was the king's purpose for Daniel? To be eaten by the lions. What was God's purpose for Daniel? Yeah, to serve him, to glorify him. Yeah. That's uh, really good observations. So, so he said, my God sent his angel to shut the mouths of the lions. Is there anything else we can learn about Daniel's God? Yeah. Oh, King, live forever. Yeah, our sister said uh, if someone threw her in a lion's den, she'd be pretty angry at them. But he doesn't respond with anger toward the king. He says, oh, King, live forever, not, oh, King, be cursed by my God, <laughs> right? So, yeah, that's a really good observation. In, in Daniel's response, it almost makes you wonder. The king in this story kind of seems like he's a pawn. He got tricked into signing that law by the satraps and the other lords. And then, uh, regretfully, he had to fulfill the law because it's a decree. Mm-hmm. So he had to throw his what may be his favorite governor into the lion's den. That's why he ran to it with, with a lamenting voice. He cried out. And then at the end, when Daniel answers the way he did, it seems like him and the king actually have a good relationship. And at the very end when he says his God, you know, he, he is proven correct and had, had no wrongdoing. His God uh, pretty much overrides what the king's decree was. It, it Gave that king an out. Okay, yeah, Daniel's God's over. Oh, God overrides the king's law. Yeah, because uh, Daniel did say that because I was found innocent before him. Uh, is it? What can we learn about God from from Daniel's statement? Because I was found innocent before him. Okay. It's just like from Job. Yeah. God will put us into trials even if we're innocent. It doesn't mean that you're, you're at fault. And human beings tend, in my experience, tend to think if anybody's in trouble or under pressure that they caused it themselves. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. God preserves the life of a righteous man. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was, so uh, a lot of the kings of Persia, Babylon, they, um, Egypt, they set themselves up as speaking for their God. So whatever comes out of their mouth is the word of God. When God circumvents that and shuts the lion's mouths, she doesn't know. It doesn't matter what your decree is. Okay, and, and uh, would you have something to follow that up? 
Oh, he's saying he's acknowledging that that I'm sorry. I uh, yeah, he's acknowledging that Daniel's God is the sovereign God, or Daniel. Sorry, Daniel's acknowledging that God is sovereign, and. Yeah. Yeah. God is proving Himself. Yeah, absolutely, the sovereign over all. Yeah. That God's will is supreme over any what any man or other manly king may order or say that God's will will reign reign supreme over him. Yeah. Yeah, he, Daniel kind of, even in his statement, he's giving the king the pecking order in a very respectable way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, the Lord, yeah, that's right. He does recognize that God put him there and not the king. That's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about that. It's not like the lions were just like, oh, he's cool. (laughs) Hang out with us. (laughs) Yeah, definitely it's a proof of God's uh, authority and sovereignty and reign over animals. It's basically the Lord using the faithful to bring the unfaithful to open their eyes to him. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, after this story... uh, you're going to read a wonderful decree from Darius about Daniel's God, the living God. And it's, it's really beautiful what he writes. That's after he throws all the, the, the other guys into the lion's pit with their families. But anyway. <laughs> so in our story it said that uh, Daniel, after he says, uh, my, because I was found innocent before him and know, O king, that I have done no wrong before you... And we read, and then it says that, and the, the king was exceedingly glad about Daniel, and he commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. And when Daniel was taken up out of the, in, the den, no injury whatsoever was found on him because Daniel believed his God. Uh, I, just out of curiosity, I, I, I want to see, because uh, I always think it's important for us to try to understand and define words like belief or faith uh, and see if we can learn anything about that word from this story. What does it mean to believe God? Trust. Trust? Okay. Hope. Hope. 
faith. To wholeheartedly just accept that what it's in his hands and that you're powerless. All right. How, how does this story help us understand what it means to believe God or put faith in God, to trust God? What might, how we might, might we learn from this story about, from Daniel, what, what it means to believe God? He went against the law. What's that? Like, he, he knew the king's decree, but it didn't stop him. Like, he knew the king's decree, he knew the punishment, but, like, he still worshiped God. Knowing that there might be a consequence to this, but I'm going to be faithful to my God, and I'm not going to hide it. Like, I'm still going to do it out in the open. Like, nothing, no human punishment or condition was going to stop Daniel from giving God his worship. Okay, from praying to God and worshiping God, yeah. Um, It doesn't say anything about Daniel screaming or crying and not wanting to go in and begging for his life or anything like that. It almost is just like he went in with full faith. Like jumped in both feet with the Lord, knowing. Cast in with both feet. Yeah, he cast in, jumped in, whatever. But he seems to be completely like knowing God will be there with him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, God was faithful to Daniel because of Daniel's faith, just like she had just said. Daniel didn't walk in there or. God, God was faithful to Daniel because of Daniel's faith. Yeah, mm. you were going to say something, Stephen. Well, this, uh, you know, people always comment on the fact that Daniel wasn't there when his three uh, friends were tested, and they said, "We don't care what happens. You know, we're going to go in a fire furnace." Well, here Daniel gets to do the same thing, really. Mm. He goes, and this, I'm so happy you're going through it this way. It never hit me before that Daniel's really doing the same thing. I'm going to take whatever happens, God. And again, it's just like what Job says. I'll, I'm, going to, you know, I'm upset about it. I don't like suffering. But I accept that what God's doing is righteous no matter what. Mm. Yeah. Everybody's wincing right now. <laughs> You're clearing out the church. I'm just kidding, Julie. <laughs> I certainly think that that trials happen because we live in a fallen, sinful world, and we're going to all endure trials. But when we become servants of the Most High God, the Living God, those trials all of a sudden bring more purpose because they it's unto God. It's a life of of sacrifice to God versus just meaningless suffering because of a fallen world for sure. And we also open ourselves up to the Lord using us for his kingdom purposes, which obviously sometimes mean the trials, right? There's man's purposes, as we observed earlier in the story, and then God's purposes. And uh, 
I think sometimes, well, I, I don't want to get into that. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to start preaching here, so I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. Correct. The story says that the king believed that, hoped he was hoping that, but Daniel just believed God. So whatever the outcome is. Right. So we're speculating, saying, oh, thinking, yeah, he believed God, so he's going to deliver him, but he doesn't say that. Right, and I agree with you. I, and I think that that would be a mistake to define that word believed God as in this instance, because rather than looking at it as blind faith, what did we talked about what Daniel did before to get in there? You, you brought it up too that he prayed, <laughs> he he put himself in there. So Daniel's faith, his actions, his trust in God, is what put him in there, but also what delivered him. Yeah. God's faithfulness. God is faithful. Yeah. Well, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, rather than, uh, I, I mean, we don't really get a lot from what Daniel was feeling or saying in this story at all. We just see that it happened to him, but certainly he was very surrendered to God. Well, how might this story help us in the future when we find ourselves in a place of testing or trial? Can this story help us? How? Yeah. Continue. So our job, we continue loving, walking, trusting. Yeah. Continue loving him. Loving him. Trust him. Trust him. Put him priority. Seek him. God will Yeah. That's, that's really wonderful. I also think that um, maybe if you're frustrated with your job, you can think back to this too. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not being thrown into the lines. Yeah. The word is a lamp unto our feet. It is. Well, um, there's one last thing. By the way, our story tonight was from Daniel chapter 6, 
verses 16 through 23, and you've got it there. Yeah, um, Daniel chapter 6, verses 16 through 23. I want to encourage you to read the rest of the story because uh, it's a, there's a wonderful confession of King Darius about Daniel's God. But there's one last thing I want to do before we go to the Lord's table tonight. Because if we didn't do this, uh, I think we'd miss out on some of the best parts of this story. Uh, Daniel, there's a lot of similarities in this story between Daniel and Jesus. And I was just wondering if maybe some of you could see some observations that are similar between Daniel and Jesus in this story. What do you all think? Are there any similarities here? Yeah, what? Yes, Daniel was obedient. Daniel was obedient? He didn't waver when he was told not to pray. He knew what he needed to do and what he was going to do. Okay. Daniel was obedient and didn't waver, you were saying? He he trusted his the the Father, the living God. Yeah. He was willing to be sacrificed for the the purpose of worshiping Yeah, he was obedient to death. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jesus' tomb was sealed, right? But, yeah, because uh, of the fear of robbers, right? And uh, yeah, another thing that always drove me nuts about Daniel is how perfect he was. I mean, they say he, he, he didn't do anything wrong. He wasn't even negligent. It's like he didn't even make mistakes. So it suggests normal mistakes is in his job. And so it suggests that he's a, a sort of type of a perfect person, right? Well, that's actually really good because Daniel says, yeah, he says, I, I was innocent. I, I, I'm innocent before him and have done no wrong before you. So he was, he, he was an innocent man convicted of a crime. Yeah. Anything else about Daniel? We have the, the Denzil. Yeah. Uh, What's that? Yeah. Pilate was also pressured. Yeah, Pilate said, I find no fault in this man, and I'm washing my hands of him. But he was pressured to sentence Jesus to death on the cross, like King Darius was pressured by his lords. Yeah. Yeah, Daniel was just quiet. Yeah. Anything else about Daniel that's similar to Jesus? They're just both, both so meek, and they both are just so about their father's will. Yeah, both are humble, meek. Yeah. They're both servants. Both servants. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they both prayed. That, that's absolutely, yeah, that's wonderful. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, Daniel before he went into the lions, the den of the lions. They were both alive. They were, they were both alive, yeah. 
<laughs> they were both alive afterwards. Both men were put into a, a, a cave den, den, whatever you want to call it, and both came out alive. Yeah. Well, there, there's some wonderful observations here, and I hope you'll keep looking, especially for those similarities, because this story is so similar. I mean, we just see a type of Christ all through this story. But um, there's one last thing I want to end with tonight before we go to communion, and that's that um, it says, because Daniel believed in his God. Does God still give life to those who believe in him? Absolutely. God still to this day gives life to those who put their trust in him and believe in him. Now may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he encourage you as you put your trust and faith in him. Amen. Amen.